wasn't ready. Oh my lord. Oh, uh, we're putting that one in. I mean, oh, uh, <clears throat> me, me, me. Welcome back, everybody. There to was autism no, on shift. No mistakes made here. Yeah, ever. We, don't, we don't do that. We don't edit anything. Everything's perfect. This week we are talking to Chris. Chris is a filmmaker and we are super excited to learn about his job. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Yeah, it's great to be on the show. So um, for our listeners, Chris is a friend of Will's. If you remember Will, we spoke to him about his carpentry business and then also his advocacy business. So um, Chris and Will uh, are friends and we are... Uh, we're going to have just as much fun with Chris as we uh, did with Will. So, woohoo! Awesome. <laughs> Let's start by um, uh, having you, if you don't mind, telling us uh, kind of a day in the life of uh, work. What does a filmmaker do? Filmmakers, um, I think filmmakers kind of like a bland term. So, like, I know in in England we kind of have, like, different roles like filmmakers. So, a filmmaker can be split into all sorts of different roles um basically it comes like you've got your pre-production you kind of got like risk assessments that then you got like your production getting um going out and filming on camera and then you've got um your uh post-production which is like taking your footage into the editing software and putting together the story of what you want to sort of how you want the story to look and um basically i'm kind of starting off my own so, so recently I started off my own business. I started off a couple of years ago. I did a master's degree at uh, the University of Bradford where I learned my craft in like digital filmmaking. And it was basically more being more independent and trying to do things for ourselves. And then um, after that, I was just like spending a lot of time trying to look for work because obviously it's difficult in this industry. This is an industry where you have to know people, especially it makes it more harder when you come from like a very small town. Um, there's like nowhere near any big cities like in our country like all the big all the big jobs are all down in London and we've kind of got this idea of I'm from the northeast of England where there's hardly anything going on up there and basically I think it's like difficult but um I was fortunate enough to be a part of a disabled group for filmmakers who want to do stuff with film uh, called Beacon Films based in Newcastle upon Tyne and that was where I um, was fortunate enough to be offered a placement. I went through a couple of interviews and they really liked my, I they really liked the way I conducted the interview and they really liked the fact of what I wanted to do with the placement, how I wanted to use it for the future. And I think since then it just grew. Um, I started learning more about the filmmaking process and basically I was working at the museum, uh, creating films for them about some of their exhibits. One of their films was actually featured on their YouTube page, and that was actually became one of the top ten. I later found out wow. of most watched videos, um, and basically, That's awesome. we finally we finally did a final film, which kind of like was used to advertise the museum to university students at the Newcastle University for them to use the services of the museum for their studies. And then since then, it's kind of like we kind of like looked into developing this business model um so basically the idea behind my business was to be um to champion neurodiversity to kind of work with organizations locally to kind of like highlight the awareness of autism um 
So so far I've done quite a few projects with like local charities. Uh, one of which was called Daisy Chain, where we did a couple of films for Volunteers Week in the UK, and we also did some films for Autism Awareness Week for the Newcastle City Council, and we're hoping to continue with them next year um, with a lot of other other English councils um, to kind of highlight the awareness of autism and kind of show like people's artistic talents and what they're capable of through autism. And basically, I think we've got other projects as well. Like we did a project recently with a girl who who had a body painted. I was kind of showing the different sides of autism and like being able to like mask, like it's all like a masking autism from That's one cool. side to the other. And basically the project is called Be You. And I think it's like the idea of being who you are, which I think is like important for autism. It's like, it's not about masking who you are. It's about basically saying, I am who I am and I don't, care well, like what people think and yeah. i just like want people to know that and i think the project is really really good um for that purpose and like i say i've been working on like a lot of other projects with, with other organizations with my um mentor who uh she works with me for the year and she like goes around with me doing the camera work and i do the editing she's there to give me feedback on my work and she is really a beautiful woman laura degnan and like i say she's um yeah, I wouldn't be where I am today without the help and support of uh, uh, Spectrum Enterprises and the help they've given me and, like, finding me the support, getting me the help that I need. So, yeah, and also, as people will know, um, there's Will, who is doing the Atypical Project, who's been on your program. Apparently, um, I was actually, I'm actually also working on that. So, basically, I kind of went on my comfort zone the other week because we were doing a, a series of uh, instructional videos on how to use uh, digi- on how to use a digital camera. A guy's giving like tutorials as part of the atypical project, and he basically turned around and said, "We want some like um, instruction." Uh, Wills to turn around and said, "We want we've got this guy who, and we want to do some instructional videos on how he's on how to use the camera to present it his um, sessions." And basically, said, "Well, that's going to be a bit difficult because this something we've never done before." My my mentor hadn't done it. I hadn't done it. This get this guy called Phil. Who does photography haven't done it so basically we were like thinking um this is going to be quite difficult but once we got into it once you cut like i think it was kind of like he was nervous on the first day <laughs> and it was kind of on the first session it's kind of like you kind of didn't know what you would say it's kind of like um um what do i what do i want to say <laughs> and we had to kind of write the script for him sure. and um basically when we once we wrote the script for him we did the first session and the other sessions were just easy just but it, he, he kind of like blended into the role easily, and then he just like kind of knew what he was saying, and it made it a lot easier. Um, and all like we're going back to do some more stuff with Atypical, and we're going to promote everybody, everybody who is going to be involved in the project, including Will. So we're going to do some promotional videos for Will's company, for my company, um, for uh, we've also got a Willow Weaver who we're going to do a video from. We've also got a um. Uh, somebody I think who makes curtains I think um, oh, cool. and does fabric design so we're going to do a promotional video of her and then they're going to be shown so yeah it's like really there's a lot of like prospective work coming in especially from like the neuro the neurodiverse community that's fantastic it sounds like uh, um, kind of getting your foot in the door you know uh, really uh, really opened up a lot of stuff and it sounds like it's going well that's that's fantastic and I, lo- I love some of the stuff that. Oh yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really going well. You know, there's a lot of like 
stuff happening and I'm like surprised. I think it was like a big surprise where I mean, kind of said that I'd actually made like £3,000 in only my first three weeks of trade, in my first three months of trading, which is like really good going. And I think like that's an achievement in itself. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Man, that's, that is so exciting. What, what is your favorite part about filmmaking? My favorite part of the job is kind of like getting out there. It's like being able to travel to these different places about meeting the types of people we get to meet, you know, you get to meet some of the most amazing people. I think there's like, everyone has their own sort of story to tell. And I think like doing that through filming is really beautiful. And I guess it's also like, as well, the other thing about, good thing about being a filmmaker is it's all about problem solving. You're trying to like, solving problems. Like I always look at like my editing and thinking it's just like one jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to like put, especially with the stuff we did with Phil's kind of like working out, we had the script, we were just like working out where things need to go and put them into like a certain order. And I think it's like just putting that puzzle together and like once you've got the puzzle together and put like everything in, you've done your color grading, you've done like your sound mixing, made the sound like sound really better. And then you've got like your bit, your um, your value to like effects transitions. Uh, it's really good, and I think it's like that sort of thing. I think like I say, it's about like the travel, just getting out there, getting able to see to see your work. It's also like as well being able to meet people. You know, like I said, I'm currently looking at submitting some of my work to like film festivals in the UK, and kind of like saying, you know, I really want this work to get out there and really like show who I am and really like promote my business as far as it can go. That's fantastic. So can I ask, how do you personally feel about like telling someone's story? Do you feel like you have a certain responsibility to tell it in a certain way? Right? Because like, I know from our perspective, that's kind of what we do a little bit, right? Like our podcast is telling people stories about work, and how you know, autism impacts us at work. So in a sense, we're telling people stories, but not like you do. So um, I'm just interested to see how you feel about telling people stories and how you approach that. And the way I the way I approach it is like I kind of like just um, just get to hear what the people say, and I kind of like think of my own way to put it together. I mean, like I say, I've um, I've been looking for like work where it's not too like stressful, where people don't like. I tend to look at it as like some people have a level of expectation. I think well, my level of expectation might not meet your level of expectation. Sure. And that's why I tend to think if I can work for organizations where they don't sort of have a level of expectation or I tend to think like, like I've worked for organizations where there's no like deadlines are quite far away and we don't have to worry about like how long we've actually got to do things where it's not like stressful. And I think that that's what makes it a lot more easier. Um, I guess it's like, you know, as long as I think sometimes as well, I, I think as a video editor, we get the creative freedom to be like as creative as we can be. And we don't like, we we don't have to we don't have to worry about what people think. We some people say like, oh yeah, you've got the creative freedom to do what you need to do as long as as long. I think I think it's more like as long as you get the message across of yeah. what the person is trying to say, it doesn't matter how it how it goes together. I love that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, do you know ahead of time how it's going to go together, or you just put like, do you are oh, you yeah, like, are you design creative. yeah are you designing it as you go, or do you do that all after the fact? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the way I do things is I, I tend to think of myself as very visual. So I have, like, I know one thing that's unique about me is I have a really good photographic memory. I can, like, imagine things in my head. 
it's like it's like it's weird because like I can see something in my it's like I'm looking at something like like a photograph of something like if I imagine a place I can look at it like I'm at that place yeah. or I play a tune in my head like I can actually hit like the like the tune's actually playing in live in a room or something or I look at like video and I think it's the same as a filmmaker I'm like sometimes I often visualize I'm often kind of visualizing how I want the film to look it may not always look how I expect it to but I'm always trying to visualize but I'm always like thinking creatively I'm sometimes I'm thinking you know what can I do with this how and I, and I just I think it was like yesterday I was doing a um the shoot for the body painting I was just looking at it thinking you know I was and we were kind of I was kind of seeing it I was kind of going through it in my head thinking you know this would look so great if it was like it was like turned into, into slow motion footage and I was just imagining it. I was actually imagining what it was like right there and then. I was really like, it's like, it's like something that you drool over, just thinking, you know, I can just see the possibilities of where this footage can actually go, and that's how my brain works. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I, I have a very similar uh, way I see things and, and create things. I, I think it's awesome to have. Do you think that uh, what interested you in the beginning is having that kind of being a visual person, or is there other is there other things that got you interested in the field in the first place? I guess... I mean, this goes back when I was at school. I mean, when I was at school, I was always interested in like, kind of like working with computers. I always said, you know, I'm good at like software, learning how to use things, and being like a creative person. Um, so I was using, I was good at like using Microsoft Office Word and Microsoft Excel and stuff like that. And I was kind of like just looking to a college prospectus one day, um, looking at like what I could do with like my talents and my skills, and I did initially decide on doing game design because I, I used to love playing it I used to think I wonder how they're actually made but then yeah. when I kind of got through like the course I couldn't I worked out I couldn't even design a character without copywriting somebody else's and it kind of like like this idea of, of just going along the route of like media production trying to learn how to create like photographs and doing like bits of photography animation um and filmmaking and stuff like that and like I say filmmaking wasn't for me originally and I thought well what if I'm better at doing like creating still life stuff like graphic designers and creating like stuff like logos so I tried my hand at that but um in university but I think like it didn't go quite as well as I'd hoped and then I realized that if I went for, like a master's degree doing filmmaking I think you kind of learned that idea of I could be my own person like if you were to go on an undergraduate degree you'd probably have to work in like groups um whereas master's degree is like a smaller group and it was kind of like being able to learn on our own, like doing our own thing. It was kind of like really fun. It was, it, some of it was like fast paced the way some of the modules took place, but it was really fun. Like, I think that's what finally got me into the idea of like wanting to be a filmmaker. And some of the projects I did were like really great. Like, I, I know like I did a final project, which was all about like autism. I did a, I got in touch with an organization in uh, Bradford in West Yorkshire and they turned around and said, we want you to, I said, I would love to come and like film some, a film about um, what it means to be autistic, how it affects people, you know, when uh, like the achievements of what people from this organization have achieved. And basically um, I was allowed to go in and um, film. And that was like a challenge in itself. Cause like, we were like, we've got all these workshops going on, but you can't film them because people might not be, want to be on camera. So it's kind of like, Hmm, well, how do I go about doing this? And I thought, well, We've got a drama group that don't mind being filmed. We just use the drama group, nice. replicate the workshops. And then we've already got footage of like 
uh, apparently there was also a, a, a band there that do gigs around Bradford called uh, Top Wack, and they allow me to use their footage of the um, recording. Um, and basically, they turned... I, I actually got one of their songs, and I actually heard one of the singers, and he, considering how he talks with it, this guy called actually he talked with like a stutter. But when you heard his voice, it sounded like really, really gruff and deep when he was singing on one of the songs. Um, uh, a song he did called um, Swan in Our Tunnel. It's about some... Uh, a tunnel disaster in I think it must have been a tunnel called Swan an Hour um somewhere and basically uh it was really un- unique and I think it was like really interesting but like I said once I got that and once we found what we were able to film it it all came again it was a really good film and now I am home to work on like what my mentor calls the director's cut of it so I can get it ready for like film festivals to show up and say this is what I made back in college in university but this is what I really want a piece to say something about autism. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I think my favorite piece. I got to. I got to look through your Facebook um, before we met today, and I think my favorite piece is the one you call backwards. Oh yeah, just... that was that. Was, yeah, basically that was quite interesting. That basically, so you used to give us like um, that module. It was basically like in the. It's basically like a, a module we called guerrilla filmmaking, which is like going out without a crew or budget or anything, just filming. Um, without permission or anything like that and i think i just filmed it on an ipod touch and all i did was like showed like a world where everything goes backwards and basically we're asked to give like inspiration for like each of the pieces i said well it was kind of like an, an episode of uh, red dwarf where um one of our british sitcoms where everything it goes goes backwards in the episode and like it was kind of like an inspiration for it and it kind of like felt like a dream sequence it was one of the cloud two used to give us like key words and like you say like every week, I'm going to give you 10, there's 10 weeks, you're going to get a keyword every week. And you're basically going to be given like, um, and basically all you do is to go out and film something for those weeks. And um, I know we did like, there's quite a few words, like the first word we were given was like T. It was about like, um, so you can interpret it how you want, you can interpret it as letter T, a cup of tea, a golf tea. Um, and basically you came with all these ideas, like, and some of the projects were really good. Now, I was told by my tutors that the, the best ones were, like, the, the animated ones. I did one where I I, I, I bought this little glass um, jigsaw puzzle, um, which is what I've got on the shelf behind me. And one of them was a tin robot. And and, and one of the um, videos was called uh, one, of the type, one of the objects. One of the um, letters, uh, words we were, keywords we were given was key. I was thinking, what do I do for a key? And then I started having a look around. And I just got inspiration from this tin robot. I thought, you wind up tin robots with a key. So what I did was, was wind, wound up this tin robot and made a short animation of it moving along and literally raising up its arm. And then moving off the screen, I kind of found an, uh, an effect online of like, a, I think it was a scanner just going across, making it look like it was moving. It was so good. And nice. some of the animations were brilliant. And they were like, I think there was another one I did, like weather, but like, one of my famous favorite catchphrases, like it's not about waiting for, uh, waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. I did this animation of a of a cardboard of a of dolly's cardboard cutouts, and it was like a girl in an umbrella, kind of like being washed over by a wave, and then landing on the ground, throwing an umbrella away, and kind of like dancing in the rain. It was kind of like an interest. I mean, I've always lived by that kind of. You just can't wait for things to pass. You've got to just learn to embrace them. Um, but yeah, some of those films I did were absolutely brilliant. I think like I got a really high grade for those 
I'm curious to know uh, what has been your biggest learning curve in setting up your own business. I guess that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I think I've had like a lot of sort of like learning curves. How would it be like? I mean, for setting up my business, I was always worried about like, you know, especially when you're trying, because over here we've got like tax forms and that kind of like sure. online self-assessments for like tax and that. And all this, that, and the other. I was thinking, like, you know, how do I do that? I was thinking, like, you know, like, where do I go to look for work? I don't know anybody. Like I said, it's, the film industry is kind of like one of these industries where you have to know people to be able to get into it. And then I think it's kind of like difficult when you come, like I said before, when you come from a small town and sure. when you kind of like don't know anybody, it's kind of really difficult. And I think, like, I, I think, like, once I met my mentor, she kind of had all the contacts that I needed, and I think that's what made things much better. I think it's kind of like learning, learning that like I'm always learning new things. Like I know before I did this, I was learning myself a new piece of software that I'd never used before because I was always used to using one piece of software in um, in university. And I think like this is a piece of software that no one hardly uses in the industry. I know like Hollywood uses it for editing. But over here, we don't use it as much, apart from, like, color grading. And I think, like, why does nobody use it? It's a really good piece of software where everything is laid out, especially if somebody who's autistic and you just like things in a clear, easy-to-read format, or easy-to-see format that works. I think, like, you know, why should I have to do things just because other people expect It's like saying, it, you know, you know, just because the, the norm says you have to do it, then you have to do it. And I think, well, that's like saying, if I was if someone told me I had to walk off a bridge because it was the norm, I'd have to do it. And I think, no, <laughs> I like to challenge the norm and say, I'm different. I I do things my way and I don't care. As long as it as long as long it gets the end result, as long as it gets, it'll probably get the same result as if I use this other software. It's just like, um, it's just like at the end of the day, it's how I do things. At the end of the day, it's still going to get the same result. It's still, it's just about the, this editing software is a, lot, is a lot better than what I've used before. It's a lot more advanced, but it does a good job. And that's what you want me to do. Exactly. You know what's funny? I think that's the thing. That's like the 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 thing I'm seeing in almost every interview that we've done. Yeah. Is that people have the mindset, you know, that why does it matter how we do it? Right. We we get the job done. Why does it matter how we do it? That seems to be like a common thread. I think that's a lot of times why people go from, uh, especially if you if you're the type of person who you can't get caught up very easily in in uh, being an employee to somebody, and it, it just doesn't work because you you have better ideas of how things should work, and it's like your your ideas don't go anywhere. So you know when you have your own business, you know it's like oh look I'm able to succeed because I'm I can do it my way. And then by the way, also I think every uh, every new business should come with a, a a book of all the people you need to uh, be able to call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <That'll> definitely. <laughs> super useful. <laughs> and the other thing, like like you were saying, Chris, is uh, you know having being in a small town versus a large town because we've been in a large town and you know jobs are just a plenty and and. And you could go anywhere and and meet meet somebody or some people who know somebody. You know, in a smaller town, it's it's much harder to get things going 
with, with you know it's just less people you know it's uh, you know yeah. you, and people are more closed oh, not you, closed but like you know they have their group of friends and they don't really need to add anybody right literally have to know somebody and of course being here long enough time we get to know you know hey so and so knows so and so who knows so and so and and it becomes you know um you know every you, you know somebody who can do just about anything but it when you first move to a small town it's a yeah. very different from a large city or when you city. first are starting up something too. starting yeah, yeah yeah that's very true yeah i guess it's kind of like the same over here plan like you have to like as it was like an industry where you have to sort of know me it's kind of like it's like you're applying for a job it's like everyone tries to apply for the same job but like if you know somebody probably you probably get a job wouldn't matter how skilled you were it's like if i went for a job and i turned around and said um i've got these this 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 isn't it um and then you might get somebody else to, to comes along and turns out and say, well i know i know steven spielberg it's like um <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and it's kind of like, oh, you know Steven Spielberg. Yeah, you've got the job. It's <laughs> right. like you've got the job because you know Steven Spielberg. It's like it's, 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 it's like uh, not what you know. It's like who you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what our energy is based upon. Probably oh. much more in your business as well, about any business for that matter. But what yeah, was, what was that story? That story. I, oh, I can't. It was. It's so poignant right now. It was a father went to. Um, Bill Gates and said, uh, you know, I'd like my son to marry your daughter. And he's like, well, you know, my son, my, my daughter's not going to marry your son. I don't even know who you are. Well, my son is the CEO of, you know, whatever massive enterprise. And, and then Bill Gates says, well, yeah, okay. You know, my daughter will now marry your son. And now the father goes to the, to the board of the enterprise and says, okay, um, I need my son to be CEO. And they're like, well, we don't even know your son from anybody. Well, he's Bill Gates' son-in-law. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now he's the CEO. Uh, so let's talk about autism and how, how it impacts your work. Um, let's start with, um, you know, what is it, what's hard for you about your work that that is an autistic trait? I would say, like, I think with autism, I guess it's kind of like, like I said, it's about, like, I think one of the main problems, like I said originally, is about being able to know people. Obviously, when you're autistic, you kind of, like, don't socialize. You feel like, well, you feel like a wallflower just sat there in the corner of a room, don't talk to anybody. And I guess it's kind of like, that is, like, one of the biggest um, barriers to, like, getting into the getting into the film industry. Like, I know, like, um, I guess it's kind of why people probably don't, a lot of people don't actually get it. I know I was told an interesting fact that, especially in England, that, like, only 10% of the of the screen industries in England is actually made up of um, disabled people. And I think that was, like, wrong, and that was, like, something I wanted to sort of challenge, and I kind of did and created a, another film I was working on before lockdown was about like you know how um about that that sort of statistic and like kind of thinking about like how do we sort of you know I want to be able to challenge that and be able to say to people look this needs this number needs to change we need more people and all like uh, we also set up a group called we called hashtag we shall not be removed which is about like a group where we kind of like uh, reach out to those people and tell them you know, that the more needs to happen in order to get more disabled people into this industry. Um, and like I say, I guess that's, like, one of the major sort of barriers around, like, autism is, like, you know, we don't socialize very well. On the, uh, on the flip side, having autism, what, uh, 
how does that help you with what you do? I guess it's kind of like with autism, because I'm working with a lot of autistic people and trying to film autistic organizations in terms of and say I can make these films. Yeah. I guess it kind of like helps because I understand autism. I understand how they would be feeling in an interview if they're nervous to go on camera, if they're nervous to speak. And I can help re- reassure them and something like that and say, you know, is there anything we can do to make your experience as comfortable as possible? Um, like I know I did an interview with Will for Autism Awareness Week about his company, um, IRA Bespoke, and the stuff he does. And he turned around and said, I don't mind you using my voice as long as you don't show my face on camera. And I know it was something I forgot the first time, but then once they did it out, I said, this is it. You know, you 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 can't speak, but you do not have your, have your voice shown. And he was really fine with that. And um, I think, like I say, if you can meet the needs of what people want, then it's great. And I think that I have that sort of ability. I think that's always the whole uh, idea of the business, like to be, to, to, to help to help and uh, be supportive of neurodiverse people and kind of say like you know I champion neurodiversity and I can like help out with all these um autistic uh, people on the autistic spectrum because I can understand I can relate to them. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know what's funny? It occurred to me uh, when you were saying that. Um, would you consider and just as a separate thing, not like in lieu of your business, but like being a consultant, like a film consultant? for autistic characters or autistic uh, actors or that kind of thing because I know the the industry needs a lot of that there's there's not many good consultants that are teaching people you know how how we operate and how to work with us I don't know I mean so we never we never experienced over in England about like how that I've, I've never actually heard of us actually needing consultants <laughs> it's something which we it's never yeah I mean I, I've always said I want to be an advocate for like autism and kind of like share my stories of autism and kind of like you know i want other to share other people's stories of autism as well to kind of like say you know we are not just i guess it kind of like challenges that sort of idea that um that we are not we may be different to other people we may just have those different needs but i often think we can um we can challenge that we can kind of like that even though we are different we can still perform uh in everyday society as normal people we can do things i mean i i mean i always used to think when i was a kid that um that the way i was i, I always thought I would, I would have to be cared after by somebody for the rest of my life and then years later i found myself going off to uni for one year leaving my family behind for like that one year and i, I enjoyed it and made new friends and um and i think it's like um it was like coming back and like earning all the achievements i did you know i was able to get so I look back at my gym and think, you know, I did really great. So I, I, I got like um, uh, half of the full grade from like my, my master's project, which is like a high level, which is something which I think is really impressive somebody on the autistic spectrum. And I think it's like um, some of the other stuff I, I was able to do there. Like I know one of the things I did was I was um, a student representative for my course and we were able to go out and, and attend meetings and um, we kind of like, kind of got our views across of how I kind of got our classes views across of like how we felt the course should change to meet our requirements. And I think like, um, basically I was also, um, speaking up at meetings. Like I know one of the things you used to do at meetings, you say we, we asked students like chair these, these, uh, departmental meetings 
um, for the whole department to kind of like see what um, if, if they want to do it. And I just turned up one day and said, yeah, I'll do it. I want to see if I can like be, um, you know, I, I feel like I've seen how it's been done before and I can do this. So um, it was just easy just reading off an agenda. And I guess it was kind of like, and it was really great doing that. I think like, because of, I don't know, because of all the work I did, I did manage to earn myself student representative of the year award uh awesome. 2017 2018 which i do have a trophy downstairs and a certificate that states that um <laughs> but i think it's kind of like all these like achievements that i just said i think i want to be an advocate but also i want to be able to go around and say these are my achievements this is what i achieved this is what you can achieve too and i think like i can do that through my film as well like saying like we are the people that have these um they're neurodivergent but Having said that, we can also perform in sight. And through my films, I've kind of done, I've kind of said, you know, this is what we've achieved. I mean, we've got uh, Alex, who, who, who've got a band of a people, a band made of autistic people that can actually play really well. We've got like um, artists from all around the Northeast of England who have done some sterling puppetry and illustrations and, um, and willow weaving and, uh, photography and that and I tend to think that is like um a really great achievement to be proud of and I be ha- and I am happy to like show those stories to the other people to say we are not we, we may be we may be slightly different but we can still perform normally in society. I think that's fantastic and I think everyone uh you know uh, uh should see that stuff that you've done. I'd you know we'll share um if if it's good with you I'd love to share some of that in our show notes um where people can um find uh, find your stuff so they can so we can share it with everybody and i think it'd be great yeah most definitely um with that too um where do you i guess where do you see your business growing what would you like it to be in the future i mean with you know the stuff that you're with with what you have in mind what would be like the you know the ultimate goal you know for the future of your business yeah like, where are you where, headed yeah I guess I guess one of the things I'm like kind of looking at is uh, is expanding like to different parts of the UK. Kind of like thinking like in like I know that I I've done all that. I think and like you know I I've, I've focused mainly on the northeast of England and I want to concentrate on all areas of the northeast of England. Try and get my work out there. Yeah. And I know we have like quite a lot of places where we can show that like on big screens in some of the cities we have. We have like big screens where we can kind of like show that um, work and say you know this is um my this is like the work for chris robin like i know some of it would be great for like awesome Wednesday week showing it on big screens and saying like this work was made by chris bradburn he's a filmmaker from so-and-so and then basically um if you need any work doing contact him and i think like that's one of the ideas we kind of had going forward i guess kind of more like trying to make more money we kind of put like a projection together of how much we, we i would make in like the first year we said like oh six grand in the first year nine in the second 12 in the third and i'm kind of like um meeting those ta- i'm kind of working to meet those tags i guess yeah, kind of like yeah. just got sort of expanding kind of like reaching out to a lot of a lot more organizations than i have now kind of just getting those contacts and i guess it's like seeing and i like i've always said i want to move to like bigger cities within the within the within england as well probably like i like i like i would um some of the areas we have in the north east like our coastlines and our our like yorkshire countryside um and that's where i like like the countryside and that where it's a bit more 
quiet and peaceful, but like some of the cities around there, um, some of the big cities like Leeds, Manchester, um, and uh, maybe even as far as like Liverpool and that. And um, basically, it's just like um, waiting to see what happens. Sometimes I, I don't, I do tend to think all things in the long term, but then sometimes I also think about what happens the here and now, kind of thing, and like you know, I'll see where things take me. And yeah. I, I, I just go on a journey, see where things take me, and then work out later on um, what have, what the next sort of steps are when we've reached, where we've kind of crossed all these bridges. I think it's important to see, uh, uh, to have aspirations in short term and the long term. Um, it's a, you know, to be able to go back and forth. Because if you're only looking at, you know, too far in advance, you're going to you know, take missteps in the here and the now. And if all you're looking at is what's right in front of you, uh, I mean, it might, you know, it's good to live in the moment, but uh, it's it's good to have goals and, and you know, things to, yeah. to you know, things to uh, try and get to. Well, you have a better idea of what to do in the moment if you have a place that you're going. Yeah, well put. That's yeah. true. Um, so let's wrap up with um, if you could give one piece of advice to somebody starting their own business, whether it be in filmmaking or just in general, what piece of advice would you give another autistic person looking to follow your footsteps? I guess I would say, um, you know, don't, I guess I would say, don't be afraid, just go for it. You know, if if you get, like I said, if you can find the sort of right help and support, um, the, the rest will all just come naturally. Like I, I mean, a business that I know a lot about, I just didn't, uh, at the time, I just panicked because I thought, well, I haven't got the the stuff I need. Like, I haven't got those con those vital contacts that I'm needed for the business. And I also don't have like I also don't feel comfortable like filling out like going through like long forms. Like we tend to look at forms and think like you know it's terrifying to like have to think about that sort of thing. But um, I've often said that um, that once well like I say if you get the like I say if you get the right help and support then it becomes a lot easier and I think it's like I wouldn't my business wouldn't be where it where it is today if it wasn't from the help from Spectrum Enterprises and it also wouldn't be from the help of my mentor Laura. I say to anybody going into business, just just go for it, you know. It's a really great um experience. I think it's like really great, especially for you. You don't have to like be 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 uh, bottled down to like a set number of hours you have to work each day and you don't have to be um you don't you don't have to be tied down to like a nine to five job. You don't have to be um, stuck with like doing things people's ways uh, just because they expect you to. You can do things your own way and be happy about it. So yeah, I think like just go for it. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. Thank you, Chris. We have had a really good time hanging out with you, and we appreciate your insight yeah, so and, your, and your willingness to share your work with us. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us. That's no problem. Thanks for listening. We enjoyed our guest, and we enjoy you. We sure do. If you want to hang out with us, we actually have a Facebook group now. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at Autism on Shift Podcast, The Social Experience. Very cool. It's a good time. We, we have, have a lot of our guests, that uh, previous guests are right there. That's right. And we chat about work and life and and they're cool cats, so maybe you want to ask them questions. Maybe they'll answer you. Maybe they'll ignore you. I don't know. <laughs> but join us. Thanks. Thanks.